Hey friends, welcome to Simonche. I'm Shu. And I'm Sydney. And since we are the show about sex, drugs, and spirituality, tonight we're going to focus on two out of the three uh, by doing an episode about R. Kelly's alleged sex cult. Yeah. I don't like the way I, my eyes lit up just saying R. Kelly's sex cult because I actually have very dark, bad feelings about this. It was sad. It was, yeah. Research. The research was sad. It's one of those things where when you hear R. Kelly, you immediately laugh. Um, and when you hear R. Kelly's alleged sex cult, that sounds funny. But it turns out it's really uh, dark and sad. Yeah, so but we're going to delve into that tonight. We're going to delve into it and probably some of R. Kelly's history before this, because I think this is one of those instances of someone who's wealthy and powerful getting away with horrible illegal things. It definitely For is. decades, for decades, which means there have been so many people complicit in these crimes happening and they've all been kind of swept under the rug with money because when you're poor and you commit crimes you go to jail but when you're wealthy you just keep on living your life yeah so. that's pretty much what's happening so let me just give you guys a quick summary um this started back in july there was some allegations by the victim's family that they're being held against their will by r kelly in what was uh, considered an alleged sex cult. Basically, he had about six women living with him um, that people are claiming he controlled uh, their entire lives. And so um, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, right and now. apparently these women aren't allowed to have cell phones. He'll switch out burner phones, but they have to ask him for permission to use the phones to contact anyone other than him. He tells them they have to ask for permission to go to the bathroom, to shower, to, to, eat. to eat, to leave their bedrooms. One of the more interesting parts of it was that after, so he takes in these young women, he promises to help them with their career, and they're all under 18 when he befriends them. Yeah. And one of the things that he does when they move in with him is he cuts off all their hair and what? he makes them wear sweatsuits. Oh, I didn't read that. Yes. Yeah, so, so I read they have to wear sweatsuits or tracksuits because he doesn't want anyone else to see their figures, just him. So if he has them in the studio with him while he's recording and other people come into the studio, they all have to turn around and face the wall. So they're all wearing tracksuits, baggy tracksuits, and they have to face the wall so that they can't even look at any other men. And if he has his limo or town car drive them somewhere, uh, there was one instance where uh, the driver made a joke and one of the girls laughed at it. And another girl used the R. Kelly issued cell phone to text R. Kelly to rat her out for having laughed at another man's joke. And so when they got to where they were going to meet up with R. Kelly, he ended up assaulting this woman for laughing at another man's joke. So we're talking serious, serious control. And apparently um, verified sources who are former employees of R. Kelly have confirmed all these reports. And the research, it's more than just hearsay. The journalists seem to have really done uh, source verification to make sure like all these stories were lining up and this is what's going on in his life. 
Right. And not only that, but if you look at R. Kelly's history, he has a track record of being a fucking creep. He's a pedophile. He married Aaliyah when she was 15. Which I didn't even know about until today because I was, so I was in junior high when that happened and I was raised super churchy. So I was cut off from pop culture. So I didn't know any of that. But he was 24, I think. He was in his 20s. Actually, I think he might have been 27. Oh. And um, and she was 15. Now, right. I, I feel it like... It was a secret wedding. It was a secret wedding. And then, you know, of course, everyone remembers he peed on a teenage girl. In a video. In a video. And it just... It seems like this has gone on for years. There have been multiple cases that have been settled out of court with mm-hmm. um, money, and they had the girls, the victims had to sign a non a non disclosure. There we go. Agreement. Thank you. Thank you. An NDA. An NDA. Um, and so he has been a high functioning pedophile for twenty five years now. It's insane, and the thing that i was like fuck man this sucks is he finds these girls at his concerts Mm -hmm. he doesn't just befriend them he befriends their parents and tells their parents that he's gonna help them with their burgeoning music career Mm -hmm. and then he slowly gets the girls to sneak out and meet him you know email instead of calling in front of their parents he cuts them off and then as soon as they turn 18 he's like come live with me Mm -hmm. and that's when they get their hair cut off and get cut off from their family and one of one of the weird things i thought about that was first of all the parents trust in r kelly like the parents so badly want their children to become successful they're willing to believe that this man who has a sketchy history is going to help their daughters and not hurt their daughters. Where if you did not see fame and fortune, if you didn't have dollar signs in your eyes, you maybe would be able to be like, this guy is sketchy as fuck. I don't want my daughter near him. And that good. It's, it's the downside of taking a settlement deal, which I understand a lot of victims of crimes will take the settlement because they want to move on with their lives. Right. They, they don't want to have to drag it out and relive it again and again. And testify in court and look their accuser in the eye while they testify and have right. their name drug through the headlines. Because, like, going through that, publicly testifying as the victim of a celebrity, like, that is going to ruin your reputation for life because we still do a lot of victim blaming. Mm-hmm. And so I understand the drive to take the settlement and move on with your life. However, some of the parents of the girls being held said, well, I just figured none of the, you know, none of the charges had ever stuck. So it was all hearsay. And so they were more trusting of R. Kelly because he hadn't been convicted of anything, even though there's been decades of um, speculation. And mm-hmm. so one of the ways like he just manipulates these girls and tells them like, I'm, I want to develop you as a person and then he'll kind of degrade them and control them. And it just makes me think that I don't know, like that these girls aren't built up with a lot of self-worth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because being pushed into the music industry, you are being packaged as a product and not a person. And it is a lot about your looks and and 
I feel like they were kind of primed for this sort of manipulation. Um, yeah. Well, there's so many kids, you know, growing up, just fame is out there. It's in our face all the time. Yeah. And that's kind of become what people aspire to in life. Everyone just wants to be famous. Well, and also, like, it gives girls self-esteem to be with a powerful man. Right. So it's like, R. Kelly sees something in me. And even though now he's not developing my album, because the girls he calls his babies and they have to call him daddy. And so even if they aren't... Yeah, I know. So even if they aren't having their careers developed, they still think, well... But I'm R. Kelly's baby, and he's something, so it means something that a man of prominent standing sees something in me. And that's a societal thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, it's easy for anyone to fall into an abusive relationship. We've both been in abusive relationships. Yeah. And we're awesome. And smart. Yeah. (laughs) Any, it can happen to anyone. But when, and you know, you're put in these situations, you want fame, you're being told that you have talent and you just need to work on it. And here's your mentor, fucking R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I mean, I think R. Kelly's gross. So you're going to say no. I'm going to say no. <laughs> thank you, R. Kelly. Like if R. Yeah. Kelly was like, yo, girl, your rhymes is fat. I want to help to <laughs> develop your career. I'd be like, I need you to be. 88% less disgusting to even want to be in the same room as you. Do you think that's how R. Kelly talks? Do you think that's how you say, your have mom's you, a fat girl? Have you heard his music? Yeah, I was actually just going to say, What they like, eat don't make a shit. <laughs> like, real talk. Have you watched Trapped in a Closet? You know I have, and now I can't. Now I, can't, I feel like I can't enjoy any of this because... Yeah, we're all a little bit guilty because you know when that came out, everyone was watching it with all their yeah. friends laughing. I was. Yeah. Me and all my friends got together and watched it and laughed our asses off and we're just like, this is the most bizarre, amazing thing that I've ever seen. Yeah. Why? Why? That's One, a good point. Why? Yeah. And now I just feel dirty. Yeah. It's like I don't want to watch Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. R. Kelly. Yes, fair. Fuck, man. He is a creep. He's a fucking creep. And then the interesting thing is, like, people, there's so much uproar about Woody Allen and Mm. the Sunni situation, which if you do research into that, Woody Allen never molested anyone. You don't think so? Oh, no. I don't know enough to speak on it or have an opinion. It's one of those. I don't know. I feel like he's he's kind of creepy, too. I okay, don't know Woody though. Allen does appreciate young women. That's true. <laughs> like, he writes movies about older men falling in love with younger women. Fair. All the time. Fair. Like, that's a thing. However... The Sunni situation, he never... So him and Mia Farrow never, never lived together. They what? lived in apartments. Like, they could see each other. They lived in apartments in New York across the street, and they could see each other's apartments from their window. But they never lived together. And so Sunni lived with Mia Farrow, and Woody Allen never lived with her. She adopted Sunni with her f- husband before Woody Allen. So it's not like Woody Allen adopted Sunni with her. And Woody Allen didn't get together with Sunyi until she was 18. And Mia Farrow 
the sort of molestation claims and making it sound like Woody Allen molested their daughter. Well, Mia Farrow's brother is a convicted pedophile and he had full access to her kids. So if she really cared about protecting her children and keeping them away from pedophiles, she would have kept her brother away from them, which she didn't. He had full access to her children. She only started these rumors after Woody Allen left her because, listen, I get it. It sucks to have your husband or your, I'm sorry, your long-term partner leave you. And it probably sucks even harder to have him leave you for your adopted daughter. Fuck yeah, However, <laughs> so I understand the urge to emotionally lash out, yeah. which is what a lot of that was. The evidence kind of shows all the psychologists who uh, assessed all the children after the split said there was no molestation, there was no signs of abuse, yada, yada, yada. However, there was strong hints at the mother manipulating the children to say things that weren't true. So, like, and that's all public court record. Motherfuck. So that's the thing I think is so funny is that Woody Allen has this public reputation as this horrible pedophile molester, which there's a there's a far difference for having an appreciation for younger women and molesting them. Like, I have an appreciation for older men. I don't fuck any of them. I I would if they wanted me to, though. Which is the difference. <laughs> okay, well, I want someone to make a documentary about Woody Allen and his family and these allegations so mm-hmm. that I can... Understand it. Understand it and make an opinion about it. Yeah, it's... it's what- it's something though that I know happens um, in a, in families and across the world yeah. are alle- false allegations. Yeah, so. and also then at the same time, in a lot of families there is molestation right. going on that is swept under the rug. I just the, the only reason I brought up Woody Allen is I go is he's had such a tarnished reputation publicly when probably nothing happened. But R. Kelly... He celebrated. Yeah. R. Kelly, like, something definitely has happened many times. Yeah, but, he's a creep. Yeah, but yet we forget about it because his art is funny? I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I will know say um, I did read that his... He was doing... Kicking off a tour, like, around mm-hmm. the time that these allegations came up. And his sales did suffer. Good. So, and I did read that he was like in, oh, what was it? I don't know. His agent is like not really filling him. Good. And and that's like a problem. He's, he's having backlash from this. And there was a girl who just did an interview. I think it was on like The View or something. And I read it from. A magazine, so don't quote me on the show. Okay. But she uh, was one of the alleged victims, and she basically just said that he took her virginity when she was um, like 16 years old, and then he brought her to his house later on, and there was him and a naked woman in bed. And she's like, What's going on? And he said, she is going to teach you how to pleasure me. Oh, yeah. I heard that one of his, like, higher, one of his employees, one of his assistants is, like, an older woman. And by that, we mean 30. And she trains the 
girls how to pleasure R. Kelly. Yeah. So I read this in People, and I don't know if he took her virginity when she was 16, but she said it started when she was 16, okay. and he did take her virginity. Okay. Just to clear that. But, um, yeah, he's, she said that he would slap her and lock her in a room for days at a time when she did things that he didn't like. And it was things, like you said earlier, just, like, laughed at someone else's joke mm-hmm. or whatever. He's fucking insane. And so one day uh, she said that she needed to go to her uncle's house to get a pair of shoes for a party they were going to. And he told her he she could go, but she had to come right back. Mm-hmm. And she said she left and just, like, never went back. She just ran. Good for her. Yeah. So some, but some of the women have come out and said that they're not being held against their will. And to me, that's just... I, this isn't really even shouldn't be considered a cult, I guess. Because it's, I mean, cults, I feel like, involve some sort of, like, pseudo-spiritual, like, save the world or save you from the world bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't. So. I don't know. But I, I don't know what the definition of cult is I because I didn't get that far in my We're research. We're not going to look it up either. We're not so. going to look it up live on air. Email us at simonechepodcast at gmail.com. Tell if, us what a cult is. Tell, if, tell us. If you're an expert on cults and live nearby, we'll have you on the show and we'll interview you about what a cult is. It just seems like they always deal with, like, some spirituality. Yes. Murder. Whatnot. I don't know. Anyways, the point is, I don't know if this really is even considered a cult, but he is using cult leader tactics to keep them. Okay. That's what I think. That's true. Um, I mean, it's almost like he is an abuser he just happens to have multiple victims because there are tons of men who treat their wives like that like that is actually not an uncommon thing to control your wife to the point where she can't wear makeup or skirts or look at anyone or talk to anyone and like that's not uncommon in controlling unhealthy abusive relationships he's just doing it on a grander scale because he's r kelly so he can uh, he can get six victims and uh, control them to a greater degree. So. Yeah. Because um, he has a fragile fucking male ego that he like, he he's so scared that he's going to lose a woman. He has to make her unattractive to everyone else and make sure she doesn't come into contact with any other men. Which is like, real talk. Real talk. Um, <laughs> real talk. If you are a confident, secure person, like you it's okay if other people want to fuck your wife if other people look at your wife because you know that there's no chance it's going to happen like i always say that about secure relationships where i'm like i don't care if other people find my partner attractive or want to fuck my partner or have thoughts or feelings about my partner if i'm secure that like we're together and there's no chance of it straying then that's fine that's flattery i mean the, the few times I've been in a healthy relationship, uh, <laughs> you know, we'd go to parties together and, like, girls would hit on him and buy him drinks and dirty dance on him, whatever. And I just was like, yeah, that's my man. And I'm going to go home and fuck him later. So right. thanks, yeah. thanks for buying him beers, girls. Like, I don't – I don't care. Yeah. I feel like if you are super jealous and insecure like that, you shouldn't be in the relationship. Right. Yeah, I used to be a jealous person and mm-hmm. uh, su- surprised those relationships didn't work no, out. No, they never do. 
in part because of being jealous. Mm-hmm. But eventually I realized that, you know, like if you have to trust the person you're with and if they are going to fuck around, like you don't need them. Then. You don't need them. Let them fuck around. So, you know, that it's exactly. done. Um, Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It, it's so my like last long term relationship, the very, very unhealthy one. He was very insecure about because I'm a boisterous, loud mouthed person. I was in a punk band with you at the time. We did sexual music <laughs> and all of that made him very uncomfortable. Uh, however, I always feel like, well, what was I doing when you met me? Because that's what I was doing when you met me. And yet through the course of our relationship, I let him make me feel bad and guilty about the the type of art that I do. And so for a while I quit doing music because it was easier just to not do it than to do it and then have that fight about it. Right. Um, I definitely like let him break me down because I just became so conflict avoidant that I didn't do anything that I knew would upset him. Um, you're fucking one of R. Kelly's girls, dude. No, you I were mean, one of R. Kelly's girls. I didn't, and I won't go into the details of like the actual, like very dark, dark, serious things in that relationship. But like, I didn't realize I was in an abusive relationship until I watched a documentary on HBO about women in like a battered women's house and how they kept like going back to their men and stuff. And I was watching it and I just was like, oh my God, that's, that's me. That's me. Because uh, a lot was going on that I wasn't telling anyone about, which like, you know, if you're not telling your friends about it, that there's something wrong. Like you're keeping it a secret for a reason. Huge red flag. If you feel like you can't, casually mention it in a conversation with your friends uh you're probably in a bad you're probably in a bad place yeah if you're omitting things if you're making stories up to hide why you have bruises or why Why you missed something or why this or that exactly um that's a huge red flag that's a huge red flag because if you have good solid friends you shouldn't have to keep anything from them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a thing. And then since then, I've just always felt like I'm just going to do what I do and find a man who's strong enough to not be insecure about it. Because I am a fiercely monogamous person. Right. Like, yeah. I... I always say, like, I have no problem with monogamy. I do have a problem with someone monopolizing my time. But... <laughs> I love that. I, I mean, that's that more or less sums me up. Hashtag, I love that. Hashtag, I love that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because I, I understand that I can be intimidating for an insecure ma- man. Because men have really fragile egos. And so to have someone who's, like loud and body and flirtatious and does the type of music I do I get that and I remember I put out a song once about average dicks and the guy I was dating at the time was like I don't know how I'm supposed to respond to this like you're dating me and you write this song about average dicks 
And you're like, why do you have to assume it's about you? Yeah. Everything well, is not about you. Seriously. And I just wanted to be like, maybe it's based on years of being a sexually active adult woman because I have fucked other men other than you because I met you when I was 29. Exactly. So, and I, like, you're in your 40s. I understand you fucked people who aren't me. And also, I, I mean, to that instance, I wanted to be like, it's not about you. It's about average dicks. You have a small dick. So this song isn't about you. Right. Um, the but, worst thing for everyone is ego. Yes, it is because it gets in the way. It make it makes everything about you when it's like I, I'm not going to articulate that point. Take over, shoe. It makes everything about you, and it it makes you afraid to fail. Yes, and it makes people afraid to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And it really is, I believe, the key to like getting rid of your ego is the key to having a good life oh yeah it's why spiritual people always you know talk about ego death like oprah like Like oprah Oprah says i just had an aha moment (laughs) i just had a fucking aha moment tell me more getting rid of the ego gives you your best life it does no it really does i i Going through relationships of all kinds, and <laughs> I'm sorry, I just hit the mic, and now I have to hold my hand. She is head. so scared of hitting the mic stand that she looks like she's under arrest right now. I'll just explain that to the listeners <laughs> that she now looks like um, yeah. Jar Jar Binks, Misa hungry. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to cut that. No, if you if you think that I'm editing out a nonsensical reference to Jar Jar Binks, you have another thing coming. Jar Jar stays in the picture, okay? Uh, all right, all right. But yeah, it, having an ego gets in the way from hearing other people. It really does. So if you're constantly thinking of things from your own perspective and how it affects you, you're not hearing the other person, and you're not fully seeing them and understanding them and it gets in the way it gets in the way of connecting your heart and your soul to other human beings it's like a fucking brick wall dude your communication your soul your whole yes your heart your soul your whole kill that fucking ego do it and imagine the fucking ego r kelly has oh my god he's all ego here's what i want to know i want to know about his childhood i want to know about his life i want to know everything about him now because i want to know what created this monster i mean he probably had a bad childhood (laughs) there's probably a vh1 behind the scenes r kelly it probably doesn't even go even far enough into it. No, but I just want to even know how, because I feel like I was kind of young when he was super popular. Yes, me too. And I just want to know how he even got to like his height of fame. Yes. I don't even know. What are R. Kelly songs? I can't even think of any off the top of my head other than the whole Trapped in the Closet. And Real Talk. What's Real Talk? Oh my fucking god. Real talk is the best ever. It's a one side one sided telephone conversation to his uh girlfriend that he's insecure about. So it's like it's yes. like he, I think I know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, yeah, where he's like, bitch yeah, like we were up in the club and like your girl said she saw me with other girls, but like were there other guys there? And like Was it like this? Bitch 
I'll make your fucking music career. If you come to my house, let me take your virginity. Put no. on this tracksuit. Put on this tracksuit, bitch. I'm going to cut your hair. And I kind of like, I was like, okay, maybe these tracksuits are like cute, like juicy couture <laughs> ones. But then they said they were to hide their figures. And I was Aww. like, oh, these are like 80s. Like Right then I'd be like, you just cut my hair off. Yeah. Don't I'm, fuck with my hair. I'm if wearing a tracksuit. I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. I would just leave and be like, dude, R. Kelly is a weird motherfucker. <laughs> also, I got to find a hairdresser because I, I got to fix my hair. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's weird enough. So Hugh Hefner, may he rest in peace. He would put all his girls the couple nights a week that he would take the girlfriends and the like potential playmates out clubbing and then they'd go back to the mansion to fuck. Um to get into his bedroom, they would walk through a walk-in closet where he would have stacks of clean, folded pink flannel pajamas. And he liked all the girls to put on pink flannel pajamas, which is weird. So homely. It's weird, but it's almost kind of sweet. Like a little slumber party. Okay, so hold on real quick. Because I have been meaning to ask you about this. Cause I don't remember. Are you a huge fan of Playboy or are you just fascinated with Playboy? Uh, Because I I couldn't remember. I mean, both. Okay. I'm mostly obsessed with the mansion. I've read every book by anyone who's ever lived there or been associated with it. I remember we Mm. talked about this. Yeah, about your obsession. And I just think it's interesting because in the wake of his death, a lot of people are like, fuck that guy. Good, he's dead. Like, he fucking made money off women like cattle. Which, okay. Yes. In part. In part. However. However, he did do a lot of things that were progressive in the context of their time. We're talking about someone who has been publishing since the 40s. So we have seen vast cultural changes in that time. And he was... He very early on integrated Playboy, had black playmates, insisted on having black playmates in clubs at a point where country clubs were still segregated. And a lot of people were like, we don't want black women in Playboy. And he was like, black, black women are beautiful, just like white women, and we treat them as equal. And so is it weird to say he was progressive in terms of racial politics by, while at the same time objectifying women? Like, yeah. It's weird, but also in the context of the time, it was he was pushing boundaries. He supported passing um, Roe versus Wade, like he was all about abortion rights. He had a lot of authors like published in his magazine that were feminist writers. When he was challenged by second wave feminists, he had some dense responses to it, but then later tried to have some of them write articles for the magazine and in the era where he was challenging the second second wave feminists were very much anti-pornography um and i agree with a lot of their statements uh and he was not as open-minded or receptive to what they were saying initially but he was also on cocaine at the time and you know who isn't receptive to hearing other people's opinions people on blow and the whole country was on blow at that time so like so true you have to look at things relatively it's gross that this old man would wine and dine women and say he'd make them famous in his magazine but they'd have to have these weird group sex things at his house that is fucking gross and weird however they were consenting adults who didn't have to do it here's the thing 
everyone is a little shitty and a little good. Yeah. No one is either or and no one's perfect. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of times people just want, especially for people like Hugh Hefner, R. Kelly, all these celebrities in general, you want to put them in a box. Mm -hmm. You want them to either be the best people or their villains. Yes. And unfortunately, that's not realistic at all. Yeah. Everyone is a mix of both. And so he did a lot of good things. He had a lot of weird fucked up orgies. Yeah. And that's like, you know, but like you said, those women put themselves in that position and they decided to stay there. Is it shitty for some of them? Probably. We've all made shitty decisions. So you just have to deal with it. And I, it just kind of sucks that the world judges so hard. Yeah, people were like, oh, well, he, you know, his girlfriends girlfriends have allowances and they have a curfew and stuff. But when you move into the Playboy Mansion, you have a free place to live. He leases you a new car. You have a budget for hair, makeup and clothes for events. And you're giving $1,000 a week just fun money, which you really don't have to spend because all of your needs are taken care of. So the smart girls would save it and use it to buy a house when they would move out of the mansion. I was going to say, he's basically buying you, but you can play him too. Yeah. And so like, if you're smart, I'd be like, okay, I have to do what? I have to be home by eight o'clock every night, but everything is done for me. Cooking, cleaning, car hair makeup whatever any plastic surgery you wanted if he approved it you could get it he'd pay for it and you get four thousand dollars a month the bank that sounds like a pretty good fucking job i do a lot more for less money than fucking old dude twice a week you know what i'm saying (laughs) i would love it if my job was to be pretty and then once a week i have to go to some stupid club and have dinner and then go home and fucking old dude I don't really think so because having sex with multiple people is gross to me and I don't like having sex unless I'm in love because I'm a gross fucking person and I'm working on it. You're so gross. I'm working on I'm working on being less gross and having sex when I'm all the time with everyone. I just want to fuck <laughs> but mainly I want to fuck old dudes for money and now Hugh Hefner's dead and I don't know where to start. Rock so, and power Hugh Hefner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Uh, I just, yeah, they were there of their own volition. But the history of the mansion is very interesting. I think it encapsulates a time in mid-century, you know, previous century, mid-century Americana, uh, sexual liberation when, I I mean, listen, the sexual revolution was very beneficial to men because it taught women that they could be more casual about sex and they were supposed to not have hangups or feelings. Like, it was great for men. Right. It was great for men. But it also was great for some women. And it was a lot more fun. I feel like sex is a lot more negative now. If you think of, like, the 60s and everyone's running around naked and just making out and taking quaaludes and that's doing true. stuff. I now that's true. Now it's, like getting wasted and hookups and choking and peeing and i don't know what the fuck people do i don't i'll fuck with that shit but um sex is weird sex is weird now yeah i don't like it and i i read that young kids aren't having sex they aren't they aren't i i listened to a hidden brain uh recently about how about hookup culture and how only like 15 percent of college kids actually enjoy hookup culture but everyone, like 80% of people, think that's what they're supposed to do. And um, the most interesting thing, and you'll just have to listen to Hidden Brain and the episode on hookup culture, 
because I won't explain any of it properly. But the most interesting <laughs> thing was, you know who uh, benefits the most, who enjoys hookup culture the most? Who? Rich white kids. Oh, surprise, surprise. I know, because they enjoy everything the most. <laughs> Fucking white people. Yeah, but it was talking about how kids will not have sex with someone they actually like or have feelings for because they're too scared. It's too scary for them. But they will hook up with people they don't care anything about because that's more comfortable. And I know adults who are like that too because it or or if it's someone they like, they have to get drunk to do it. And you know me, I'm an I'm a hippie. So I will like I wanna be fully sober. And I want to, I want to express mutual feelings. You want to make eye contact. I want to make eye contact, which I'm told is gross. But it I'm is. A... I was just about to say so gross. At all? No eye contact during sex? Yeah, some eye contact. Just I'm not, not a lot. I, I'm not saying I stare into anybody's eyes. No staring. I don't it gets st- weird after a while. I don't stare into anybody's eyes. I don't care how long you've been with them. It gets weird. I'm not trying to fucking have a staring contest. But I know people, I know girls like who won't open their eyes at all the whole time. Or they'll avoid looking at the other person's face. Because they have to like disassociate from the experience. Oh, yeah. And I'm an intense person. So like... I want, I want to do and feel everything. Like I, I am an intense person. So like for me, like being sober adds to the rush. Having feelings for the person adds to the rush. It's kind of like if I were to bungee jump, I would want to have my eyes open. That sort of thing. Because if I'm doing it, I want to, if I'm doing it, if I'm having an experience, I want to have the full experience. Um, and I don't want to disassociate from it. That like, makes sense. have you ever seen, like, I went to see, this is years ago. I went to see one of my favorite bands and I was so wasted at the concert. I didn't remember any of it. And that's stupid. Why go to the concert if you're not going to experience it? So I have that exact scenario. I went to see Louis CK, mm-hmm. but I went to a really fancy dinner beforehand and had a pairing with every dish mm-hmm. and I ended up uh throwing up in a cup. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is one of my favorite stories. Right before he started, I I thought I was going to throw up so I ran to the bathrooms downstairs and then I was like, "No, I'm fine. Okay, I feel better." Went back to my seat and there was like my boyfriend was drinking a beer mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, "I am going to throw up." I need something. And so he slammed the beer and gave me the cup and I threw up in it right to the rim. And then I passed out. (laughs) Right. As Louis C.K. came out, I literally missed his entire set. Oh, my God. I woke up to everyone clapping when it was over. What the fuck? What the fuck? Don't wake up to everyone clapping at concerts or in the bedroom. Yeah. And (laughs) I'm just going to say this now. People might be thinking, shoo. Do you have a drinking problem? I don't know. Maybe I do. But I don't drink like that anymore. You don't? No. So I guess maybe I did, but I don't anymore because I now have myself under control. That was a specific time in your life where you were very bashy. Bashy short. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was getting bashy with it. I mean, I was the same way where, like, I would... I once went to a New Year's Eve party and it ended up with me throwing hundreds of dollars in the street, telling people to leave me alone, and then crawling into the trunk of my car to pass out. And I woke up just with vomit in my hair, all over my hair. 
Man. So like it happens. It happens. I feel like it's honestly just a part of growing up mm-hmm. and being young and dumb and not knowing what self-control is. Well, and I was surrounded with I was surrounded by a lot of people who were living the same lifestyle where we were all going hard. And right. it was kind of like in college, I was around a lot of people who were working really hard on uh, animating and learning digital media. And so I would spend nights in the computer lab. Like I would sleep in the cabby in the cubby for like three hours and wake up and keep animating because that was the collective momentum around me. Um, but at this time in my life, everyone I was associated with was an intense party animal. So it wasn't weird for me to like drink through my shift as a bartender, get off work, go to a different bar, go to a speakeasy, go to an after hour party. Like if there are other people around you and you're all drinking till the sun comes up, it doesn't seem weird. Right. Who you surround yourself with and the environment that you all share together mm-hmm. is your reality. And that's probably why our Kelly's girl, our yeah. Kelly girls don't leave his house. Because if you're, yeah. <laughs> oh, bringing it around. You brought baby. it. You did bring it back. Because, yeah, he takes away their cell phones. So, yeah. like, their entire reality and access to the world is through him and so so yeah it doesn't seem weird because if everyone they're talking to which is only the other girls is having the same experience it's not weird which is how like abuse because like abuse in relationships progresses and it doesn't seem weird because it happens incrementally and that is your life and world so it doesn't seem weird I didn't like a frog in a in boy. What is it? A frog in a in a frying pan? I've never heard this analogy. I I think it's a frog. Yeah. If I'm recalling correctly, I believe it's a frog, and you put it in a frying pan, and you just like gradually warm it up, Uh and they don't realize they're cooking. Oh. Before you know it, you you they're cooked. cooked Your frog. They're cooked. If that's wrong. Email us at simonechepodcast at gmail.com and let us know. It kind of works. It's a functional analogy. I think it's correct. I, don't, I honestly have no idea. Yeah. So abuse and manipulation. It's why homeschooled kids are so weird when they first get out <laughs> into the world. Because they're like, um, just. They've only, only ever. in their house. Dude, I fucking. Back when I did construction, I did some cabinets for this family and uh mom didn't work dad worked from home as a computer coder kids were homeschooled they also were home churched they also weren't allowed to play with other kids in the neighborhood it was a real fucking weird situation it was some flowers in the attic shit and the dad complained to my boss about my work but i think what he was trying to do was not have me on the job site because i think he didn't like a young woman in the house because either he was worried his son might look at me or he might look at me or something. He like knew they, you were onto them. And I was onto them because it was some fucking flowers in the attic shit. It was real uncomfortable. Where I was like, y'all just talk to your, each other all day. It's just, just the four of you. It's just you guys. Just you guys. Just no outside influences. Imagine how much of that is happening across America. Oh, a lot because the world is getting like scarier and we're hearing more about it because of news and stuff. Guys, so, the world's ending. The more. No, it's not. I but know, but, but it, people it feels it, like it. Sometimes. It feels like it, especially if you leave the news on. So then you have more and more people raising their children in these crazy sheltered environments out of fear, creating 
humans that can't properly integrate into our monster-filled society. Yeah, I, I stopped watching the news. Don't do it. It's fucked up. It just stresses you out. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to get all worked up and then buy a gun and then kill people, apparently, is what oh, people do. Jesus Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. I don't even want to talk about it because it's so not. I'm so sorry for all those people. That makes me really sad. It's the darkest thing in the world. It really upsets me. I think that's why I'm having bowel problems because you know I try to act normal. Because you get depressed and, with yeah. all this sadness. It's fucked up what people are doing. And then you're just like, you're like, I don't really know what to do. I can't do anything. So I have to go through the motions of my normal day. Yeah. Because and what else? We, like, don't talk about gun laws. It's insensitive. Oh, okay. When well, are we going to have that conversation? We're just going to let it happen. We're yeah. just going to let it keep happening. We're just going to okay? let it keep happening. But Sorry, yeah. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to make anything. anyone uncomfortable. But yeah, I'm like, <sighs> I just have to go to work and do my thing and focus on being a good human being because that's really all I can control. But now I have a bowel infection. So I'm going to um, <laughs> I'm, I'm blame the news. I'm going to blame the news. That's fucking, it's fucking Trump's fault, dude. I mean, <sighs> I blame Trump for my infected colon. <laughs> And not Crohn's disease. No, not Crohn's, just your infected just, butthole. Just, well... It's not the hole. No, 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 I'm saying the Crohn's... <laughs> the Crohn's didn't cause my colon problems. Donald Trump did. You know, my... I've, I've, that actually sounds accurate. It does. I mean, I get... I get bowel problems every time I go through something. When you get stressed, right? Yeah, if I don't acknowledge my feelings, I get physically ill. And so... Me too, but it's with my stomach. Yeah. I just get really, really bad stomach aches. Yes. All the time. So can people please stop being so negative and hateful? And can let's we... Let's come together. Let's all come together so we can stop shitting our pants is let's what I would really like. Change gun laws. One. Two. Let's get fucking R. Kelly's girls out of his house. Let's get those girls oh, out of R. Kelly's house. This is the thing, too. I'm imagining them all in one house. There's two different houses. Multiple houses. There's multiple houses. <laughs> So they're even more isolated. Oh, this is... It's bizarre. I know. He's a fucking criminal. He's a fucking... Actually, okay. Listen, if you're a crazed gunman, don't kill innocent people. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. Or... Go ask for help. Or... Go take out R. Kelly. (laughs) There you go. I'm just... I'm not... I'm not advocating murder. Murder is wrong. It's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. However... If you if you have an insatiable desire to take out another human life, how about this? Find some pedophiles or some murder, other murders. Do the do do, do Dexter, Jinxies, Jinxies. I was just gonna say, do a fucking Dexter. Do a fucking Dexter. Just be ethical about your shit. You know? Can we all be a little bit more ethical? Can we just think about things before we do them? No, because otherwise I would never talk about my vagina on the internet again. Yeah, don't. Well, <laughs> the, the sad thing is, is that like I do think about things. <laughs> and then you do it anyway. I do it anyways because okay. I'm ultimately not worried about it. I feel like for me, and this is only for me, I'm not saying this for everyone. For me, it's better if I just am 100% myself all the time because I've spent so many years being not in a, yourself being in a thought prison and I still struggle obviously with the internalized uh what are they it's the super ego the sort of parental uh voice in your head that you develop um on a 
Oh my god. You I, let it be mean to you. Yeah. You're well, mean to yourself. Yeah. Uh uh and this is like the most obnoxious Sydney DeLorean thing to say. So on a recent Duncan Trussell episode, he was interviewing a friend's mom and she was talking about her abusive upbringing and how she ended up becoming a very neurotic, like self-doubting adult and he's like, "Well, that's just like in police states, you eventually start, you internalize the police system and police don't have to patrol the block because you're self-policing. You internalize that. And that's what you've done with your abusive parents is you have internalized that voice that tells you you're not good enough and that you're too fat or you're too this or you're too that or you shouldn't try anything because you'll fail or whatever. So like, I consciously understand that like, I have nothing to be ashamed of, which is why I'm such an open book person. Um, and I think that part of my openness is fighting back against that voice where I'm like, if we all just were fucking open about ourselves and our bullshit, we wouldn't have to worry about the judgment that comes from it. Because I could keep all my bullshit inside and I could fucking hate myself or judge myself for it. Or I could just fucking spout my verbal diarrhea and guess what some people are going to say I got you I hear you I know that or even if they don't say it out loud to me they're going to think it and then feel less alone it's really a public service is what I'm saying that (laughs) is exactly right we're fucking having revelations we are blowing the case right open I'm proud of us I'm really proud of us I feel like we've made a lot of um Uh Moments. Moments. Yeah. If you, okay, here's, so here's the thing. One third of women have had an abortion, but yet abortions are so controversial because we're so ashamed of it and secreted. But if every woman who had an abortion said, hey, I had an abortion, it would lose the shame and the stigma about it, right? If we all came out of the closet. And so if we say talked about being in abusive relationships, if we were open about that, then people who were going through it would be less ashamed when their partner does something to say, oh, my partner did this, right? That's why I am. That's, I mean, because it, it's really laying it out there. Number one, it makes people know they can come to you to talk about it and also help them maybe if they see a reflection of that in their own lives to realize there's trouble. Because right. keeping your bullshit in the closet um, never helps anyone. It doesn't. And that is that is one thing that I promised myself after I got out of that situation is that I would be open and honest about it and unashamed because that will help other people be open and unashamed and come out. And I have met people that I've been open with and they've confided in me mm-hmm. that they were in similar situations. And so... I think it's really helping. Yeah. You know, yeah, we all need to just realize we all struggle. We, we all, all struggle. Go through shit. And there's no shame involved in it. Exactly. Like mm-hmm. just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean you have to be ashamed of it. No. And if because if if you think you're the only person in the world experiencing it, it's easy to feel a sense of shame. But just know that you're not. You're not. You're no not. matter what you're going through, I can... guarantee you're not the only one who's experiencing it. Yeah. In the, in the course of recorded history, other people have struggled with it and they've gone through it. Yeah. It's so that, I think that should be, that should give you hope. Break these lonely chains. (laughs) And don't be trapped in the closet. Come out of the closet. Get out of the fucking 
fucking closet. Get out of the fucking and closet. You, no, don't watch R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. Don't, don't give him do any more. Don't give him any we more. We have to shut him down. Should we start an anti-R. Kelly campaign? It's like a He-Man Woman Haters Club. Yeah. Except R. Kelly sucks. Simone J. R. Kelly Haters. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work on the name. That wasn't look, the best. Look, guys, we're not the best just offhand. Offhand. I, on the moment. I, What's it called? What? I don't know. Sp- <laughs> We're not good at sp- off off the cuff. Off the cuff. We don't. Go- we're not good off the cuff. Yeah. All right. So okay. well, guys, I feel like we totally did not stay on topic, but we didn't have to. We don't have to. We we can do whatever the fuck we want. R. Kelly's sex crimes inspired us to inspire others. <laughs> R. Kelly. Even though you're trying to hold women down, you fucking lifted us up, motherfucker. Yeah, so fuck you. We're gonna take over, you dick. We're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>